Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Sunny Talk Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Giuliano. This is part two of a two-part discussion with my trusty podcast sidekick, Paul Clark. Just wrapped up talking about the college football bowl season. Now we're going to talk about NFL awards and the upcoming wild card round of the NFL playoffs. So, Paulie, we're going to run through four actual awards. And then one made-up award. And I haven't told you what these awards are. Did I? Did I tell you what awards we were going to go over? MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and our yearly worst at the quarterback. Yes, that's the made-up one for for everyone who wasn't sure. The yearly worst quarterback is not an actual award that the NFL gives well, out. Though they should. If if they follow the podcast on a regular basis, you know, we give that award on weekly. That is a, a, a weekly award, yes, the weekly worst. I'm going to do everything I can in the off season to find a sponsor for for that award. Like the, the NBA MVP, that's the Kia NBA MVP award. I want a, I want a, a weekly sponsor for the weekly worst award next year. That's my, that's my summer goal. Campbell's Tomato Soup. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll uh, I'll get the Campbell's people on the horn, and we'll see what we could work up. Okay. Um, MVP. Let's start there. Well, I'm gonna go right to it, huh? Should okay. Should we go reverse order? Yeah. Well, let's build. Let's build up the. Let's go award show style. We'll build up the suspense. We'll start. Where should we start? Coach of the year. I think we should start with the yearly worst. Yearly worst. I was going to say that's the second biggest award, but okay. Oh, okay. You know, if they, we we can hold off on that until right before the MVP, if you'd like. We can start it off. Yeah, with coach yeah. Of the year. Let's do coach, coach of the year. Coach of the year is fine. I, I think uh, you know, in my opinion, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh, it's Sean McVay to me. Uh, what he's done with the Rams and just his first year is incredible. You know, such a young guy, he's turned that team around. Eleven and five, basically tanked last week, trying to get the get get the four seed so that he could play the the Eagles in the second round. It didn't work out for him because it looked like the Saints did the same thing. Um, I, I think he's I think he's just well deserving. I think what he's done with Jared Goff is incredible, and uh, I think Sean McVay's a, a lock for NFL Coach of the Year. I agree with you. He was my pick as well. We, we haven't shared, for everyone listening, we haven't shared who our picks are going to be. So we may disagree on, on some, on some of these awards. We'll see. Um, but I'm with you with McVeigh. Um, the best beard in the league by a mile. Oh, I mean, it's not even close. The facial hair this man has is incredible. 
I mean, always the same length, always just neatly trimmed, perfectly lined, incredible. Looks like he's straight out of the David Ortiz barbershop. <laughs> what he does with his facial hair is everything I aspire to do with my facial hair. Yeah, um, it's remarkable. So he looks the part. Um, he's younger than you. And At this point, a lot of people in the NFL are younger than me. <laughs> Not head coaches, though. That is, no. Younger than no, you for a head coach, uh, that, that's pretty rare. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. still a young fella. Yeah, and he's actually way younger than me, which is real impressive. Um, He turned Jeff, Jeff Fisher's chicken shit into chicken salad in one year. Yeah. Um, he turned the Rams into a two-way juggernaut with the third best point differential in the league. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that, that was a, probably the easiest of of all the awards we'll have to give. I think that was the easiest choice. Um, I did fill out a ballot. I don't think that there's actual ballot, like there's awards NBA, but I wanted to do a ballot just for the hell of it. Um, Doug Peterson, 13-3 and of the Eagles. There were very high expectations for the Eagles. Some people were saying that they could be a playoff sleeper, but you and I agreed before the year. We didn't like their chances. Um, he probably would have been more in contention if the Eagles would have went 15-1 and if Wentz didn't get hurt, but Wentz's injury really exposed how much more he means to the organization than everyone else does. Um <laughs> But I think Peterson probably still needs to be on the ballot. Um, definitely. I definitely agree with that. He's done a great job. Bill Belichick, he, he needs to be grandfathered into every Coach of the Year ballot, just like Pop is in the NBA. I was just, just going to say that. It's just like Pop. Every year, he, every year he could get a vote. And especially this year, because a, a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, uh, a lot of injuries offensively, uh, de- defensively. They had a lot of trouble early in the year, and he fixed it. I mean, that first month, that defense was not looking very good, and uh, no. and uh, the the hoodie made it all, all all better. And the last one on my ballot, along with Sean McDermott. Low Sean McDermott. Low expectations for the Bills. Nobody was expecting the playoffs. That wasn't even an Eagles thing where some people were saying that they could be a playoff sleeper. The front office was actively trying to tank before the year, trading away Sammy Watkins and Ronald Darby and Reggie Ragland and then Marcel Darius during the year. And somehow the Bills made the playoffs, breaking the longest um, active streak of a playoff drought in pro sports. Yeah, I mean – it's just incredible. Like, um, he, he's done a remarkable job. And uh, another guy I think that you could put on that on that ballot is Sean Payton. I don't think no, – Actually, I, don't think I, I, I decided to cut my honorable mentions down from four to three for every award. Payton was my fourth guy. Yeah, I mean, they, not too many expectations for the Saints. They started off 0-2. Everybody thought it was, uh, you know, rap. And uh, they they really turn it around and actually play a little defense in New Orleans. Now you haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, and on the topic of defense, let's go to defensive player of the year. Um, who who was your selection? Uh, you know, 
I kind of struggled with this, but, you know, as I did my research, I thought there was a guy that was kind of a sleeper. You didn't really hear too much about him. But if you look at his stats, he had a crazy year, and that's uh, Chandler Jones out in Arizona. I mean, he had 59 tackles, 17 sacks. Um, that team was quietly 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, they lost. Talk about injuries. I mean, they were just killed with injuries. And uh, this guy had a really, really good year. And on a year where really it wasn't sticking out, somebody really wasn't, you know, really sticking out to me, I went with the guy that led the league in sacks, and, and that's Chandler Jones. He was on my ballot. He was the third guy on my defensive player of the year ballot, lead leader, league leader, lead leaguer, or whatever the hell that means, uh, in sacks. And you're right. I think the Cardinals, right out of the gate when David Johnson got hurt, um, that kind of threw their season into a funk. They never had stability with the quarterback position. I imagine that Bruce Arians probably knew he was, that this was his last year all year. Um, I think that the Cardinals are a good head coach and a competent quarterback away from being really good again next year. I got to tell you, I, I had this conversation with, with Uncle Joe uh, maybe a week ago. I thought Bruce Arians did a great job. I, I think he's yeah. Actually, considering um, yeah, I, I like Arians a lot. I I should have prefaced that. Um, and the hand he was dealt this year with all the injuries and quarterback instability. I mean, getting to eight and eight was probably as good as you could have imagined they would do. I mean, that offense. I mean, it just really killed with injuries and. Uh, you know, they won some games. Now they knocked Seattle out of the playoffs. I mean, so I thought Arizona quietly at 8-8, eight eight, as crazy as it sounds, had a, had a really good year. Do you want a random prediction for next year that I might change my mind on, but I, I kind of feel like I won't? Okay. I think the Seahawks are going to finish last in the NFC West next year. Yeah, I mean, it's... They're they're looking old, and every year Russell Wilson seems like he's just got to do a little more. And and uh, the the Legion of Boom, I think you saw the last of them playing together. And just the competition in that division alone. I mean, San Francisco went on a roll with Garoppolo, and, and they're still young and building, and they have a ton of cap space this summer. Um, really like their coach. Yeah, really, really I, like I, I do too. And, and I tell you what, it looks like Garoppolo might be a stud. I can't even begin to tell you how many times in the last month I've just wished that the Bears wouldn't have picked Trubisky and you just make the trade for Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, all they, I mean, it was a second rounder. Yeah, you, you, you gave up. Really didn't have to give much for him. No. I mean, on draft day, if you if you went to the Patriots and said, okay, we'll give you our second and our fourth and a future second, you get Garoppolo. Yep. And I, I, I swear to God, if the Bears hired Jeff Fisher as their head coach, I'm not going to be a Bears fan anymore. 
I'm, I'm one Jeff Fisher higher away from having trouble with the football team. Yeah, I can't do it, and I'm being completely legitimate. It's been 25 years, and and that team has has caused me a whole bunch of heartache. And if they just go from like one coach who was who who had two previous jobs and was so so to another coach who had two previous jobs and was so so worse worse than John Fox. Are you asking if Jeff Fisher is worse than John Fox? I'm making a statement I, that he is. No, I, I'm making a statement that Jeff Fisher is worse than Oh, John yeah. Fox. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> John Fox is worse than Mark Trestman. How the hell is that possible? Trestman had two years. Fox had three. And Trestman had one fewer win than Fox did. Wow. How the fuck do you do that? That guy was awful. Awful. Oh my god! Yeah, if they if it, it's it's curtains, if they hire Jeff Fisher, I'm done. I'm just yeah. done. I I I don't even know who I'd go to. I, I might. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I, I might end up being like someone after a bad breakup. You just like spend a year traveling around the country just trying to find yourself. I think that's what I'll have to do. I think I'll, like, no rebound relationship. I, I just need some me time. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. Um, you know, the Bears on one hand, you're not sure who you're going to have as a coach. My team, on the other hand, is looking real good. They get my man, John Gruden, back, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, lucky you. It, I was, I, I mean, Gruden was kind of a pipe dream for the Bears. There was no connection there, um, but yeah, I mean, although I did see today that the Bears were going to interview Josh McDaniels, which made me happy. Yeah, I, I also saw that, and uh, I, I think Josh McDaniels would be be nice for the Bears. I think McDaniels I'd like. I would like John Filippo, the Eagles quarterback coach, who seems to be getting a lot of credit for for Wentz making this big leap from year one to year two. Um, I think if I'm Chicago, I'm definitely going after uh, a quarter, uh, you know, like a guy that's good with quarterbacks and an offensive guy, just because you're trying to build around a young quarterback. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, that, that was a slight aside from Defensive Player of the Year. My pick was yeah. Calais Campbell, um, second in the league in sacks. He arguably the best player on the best defensive unit in the league. Um, had a great year. Had a great. Had year. a really good year. He just a monster human being. Um, and that Jags defense is really good. I felt like it, it was appropriate to reward them for the season they had, though. It could be one of those situations where you're stealing votes from teammates because there are a few guys on that Jags defense who um, deserve mention. Um, also on my ballot, I had Aaron Donald, who's probably the best defensive player in the league. Um, one stat that I really liked, he had 91 pressures this season. That's 25 more than any other interior defensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah, Aaron Donald is really good. And 12 more than any other player in the NFL. Wow. So he, he's living in, in the offensive backfield. Um, 
So I think you could make a strong case for him. And the other one, um, from that Saints defense, Cam Jordan, he had 13 sacks. That was a career best. 13 passes defensed, which was five more than any other defensive lineman. So that was my pick and ballot. But that one seems kind of wide open. Yeah, uh, it was – like I said, I had a really tough time with that. I, I looked at all those guys that you mentioned, uh, Calais Campbell, um, Cam Jordan, both had monster years. Uh, another guy I looked at was another guy from Jacksonville's defense is Jalen Ramsey. He had, yeah. had a really he – had, he had a great year of cornerback, but I I just couldn't give it to a, to, to a Florida State guy. <laughs> That's fair. Um, rookie of the year. Really good rookie class this year. Really good rookie class. Um, I I just went to the guy that, to me, every week that I watched him really stood out, and that's uh, Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, 728 yards rushing, 826 yards receiving, um, 13 total touchdowns. You know, or eight touchdowns rushing, five touchdowns receiving. I think he had maybe one or two kick returns for touchdowns. Um, he, he just seemed like a difference maker every time he was on the field and uh, made that Saints running attack uh, with him and Mark Ingram really, really tough to defend. Yeah, 6.1 yards per carry, that is kind of ridiculous. Um, he, he was my pick, too. Um What's funny was he was probably the third running back on the Saints depth chart heading into the year with Adrian Peterson there. Um, and now he, he just seems like a total stud and a sure thing. And, um, you know, the guy you build around offensively and at, at the tail end of Breeze's career and whoever comes in there next, um, you know you have that guy for, you know, pending good health the next – Eight years, you, you just you feed him and get the most out of him. And it, um, it's weird too, like you said, like when you watch him too, like he, he doesn't really take a lot of hard hits. A lot of no. things that he takes towards the sideline, he gets out of bounds. Um, he, he, he's just he's he's a a really really great player and a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare to defend. You know what's funny? He he kind of reminds me of what Reggie Bush should have been. Yeah. And the Saints drafted Bush, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, and he never totally developed into that that dual threat kind of guy offensively. He had some nice years, um, but I don't think the outlook was was nearly as bright after Bush's rookie year as it seems to be for for Kamara. Well, Sean Payton said early in the year the only way Alvin Kamara can't win Rookie of the Year is because of me. I'm stopping him. So, and I, you know, I, I started watching him later in the year, and I just, you know, he's just one of them guys that, that you got to watch because he's exciting. You know, he, he's just a guy that, as a football fan, you like to watch because you never know. You never know what he's going to do because any play it could be a touchdown. Yeah, Bush's rookie year, I have the stats up now. The stats are actually pretty comparable to Kamara. Um, Kamara would have the slight edge, but Bush had 
565 yards rushing, six rushing touchdowns, 88 receptions, 742 yards receiving, two touchdowns. Um, so Kamara was a little better, but, I, I mean, you're basically getting Reggie Bush 2.0, and you get him in, what was he, a third-round pick? Yeah, and Kamara had That's a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you're getting Reggie Bush 2.0, a better version, and hopefully somebody who holds up a little bit better for the long run. And you didn't have to use the, you know, your first-round pick on him. Right, and, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I think having Mark Ingram helps Kamara a lot. You know, it's, it's a great one-two punch. Yeah, I, uh, but but I tell you, that the game Kamara against the Atlanta when Kamara got knocked out on that first drive, the Saints definitely missed him that game. Yeah. Um, the rest of my rookie of the year ballot, Kareem Hunt, who started the year off and it just looked like he was going to be incredible. You compared him to Marshall Falk early in the year. Um, he led the league in rushing and really, you know, after week six or week five, he it was a so-so year, but the production added up, um, Marshawn Lattimore, another Saint, I would say he is the likely winner for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, and that speaks volumes about how well the Saints drafted last year. Marshawn, Marshawn Lattimore is a top-five cornerback in the league right now. Yeah, no, you could definitely make the case. And the last guy... I think he still has to be mentioned for how damn good he was and how entertaining he was. Your man, Deshaun Watson, um, who halfway through the year tore his ACL, was leading the NFL in touchdown passes when he got hurt. Um, With all due respect to Cooper Cup and a a few other productive rookies this year, I, I think Watson has to be on the ballot. Yeah, I mean, I saw a stat the other day, Watson had 19 touchdown passes, and he had more than, like, Tyrod Taylor, Mariota, like, probably eight or nine quarterbacks that started every game. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just crazy to think about when when Watson, you know, first of all, he didn't start the year. He only played, what, probably seven, seven games, maybe? I think so. I think he, I think... Well, he came in in uh, week, the week one game, and then I think he had seven starts, right? Yeah. Does that sound right? Sounds about I'll look it up. No, six starts. He was three and three. He had uh, 1,699 yards, 19 touchdowns, eight interceptions, um, 269 rushing yards. I mean, he was arguably the most fun player in the league for the first half of the season. Yeah, I mean, just absolutely crazy. Um, I I guess we're at the the yearly worst, the yearly worst quarterback. I had a very difficult time deciding. I had a difficult time deciding to, and uh, basically because I didn't know if this was like a body of work, 
kind of thing, or if it was just like if a guy had one appearance and was awful, should we give it to him? Could we give it to a unit? I'm curious as to who your pick was. To be honest with you, I, 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 was, I was thinking of about five or six guys. And uh, the guy I really wanted to give it to was your boy, Jay Cutler. But in the you end, know what? I, I just couldn't do it because I saw that game against New England and he actually played the best game of his life. So I said, well, who could I give the yearly worst quarterback to? And I thought about it, and I said, you know what? I'm giving it to one man and one man only. Footsteps, Peterman. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with it. Um, body of work, I think Cutler is probably the, the pick. He was so uninspired for the majority of the year. He wanted no part of playing quarterback in the NFL. There was never a more blatant money grab um, by an NFL player that I've ever he seen. Not, he said he's not coming back to be a backup either. So just so you know, if you want Jay Culler, he's got to be your starter. Have fun. Have fun <laughs> with that. It's a blast. Um, but do you know what? I'm absolutely fine with Nathan Footsteps Peterman being the pick for the yearly worst QB. Um, I imagine that we'll never see him play meaningful football again. Um, I, I would be very surprised. But I can say with complete certainty that I will never forget talking about him on the podcast after yes. after he I came in and threw five I, I interceptions. Just... I, I just, he was the guy. Like, he was the yeah. guy. Nobody was the personification of bad quarterback play more than Nathan Footsteps Peterman was this year. So, I, I, I guess it's a consensus pick. Nathan Peterman. So what, go ahead. Wouldn't it be true Buffalo Bills fashion if Sean McDermott came out on one that he was starting Nathan Peterman? against Jacksonville Sunday. <laughs> then I take him off my ballot for for Coach of the Year. Actually, that should have disqualified Sean McDermott from being on the Coach of the Year ballot. Well, in his defense, Tyrod was playing pretty bad at the time. Wait, I mean, don't you I mean, see Peterman every day in practice? I mean, I... I don't know. I, I guess. I mean, well, regardless, Nathan Peterman, one week it was all it took. Week eleven, you were the weekly worst, and now, in a year full of year full of bad quarterback play, Nathan Peterman is the yearly worst quarterback. Congratulations. You know who was definitely on my ballot for that was Brett Hundley too. Hunley showed me enough in that Pittsburgh Sunday night game where I wasn't seriously considering him. Sure. I, I gave I, – I had a look at him, but but uh, I couldn't pull the trigger on it. There were some bad ones, though. Um, Scott told – um, 
We we gave the weekly worst to the Cleveland Browns in week seven. I thought about giving it to the Browns again, but then I remember Hugh Jackson was their head coach and there's not much he could do. Um I think Hugh Jackson's gotta jump into Lake Erie. <laughs> yeah. Can we televise that? Will that be televised? Like it, ESPN gave an hour to the decision. Can we give like a a ten minute window to Hugh jumping in like Erie and then drying I off? Like I want I wanna know if he's gonna have the full body suit on or if he's just going like swimsuit jumping into the ice icy waters or he could have to wear a dog pound costume. That would be fantastic. And then he'd have been but, when he got out. <laughs> that would be really good. I think we need to see the idea in the ESPN, see if we can get that televised. That would be television. Has it been confirmed that he's coming back next year as the Browns head coach? I think so, yeah. Oh, we need we we need to talk about this. Um, I didn't have it in my notes, but your man today. Yeah, breaking news today at about six p.m. Marvin Lewis, who who was seeking who, other opportunities a couple weeks ago. Yeah, like I I really thought it was a done deal that he was not going to be the Cincinnati Bengals head coach. Is somehow got a two-year extension. Uh, again, uh, he's going to outlive us all. He, he's going to be he's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals coach when like the NFL is just flag football. I think I think he literally tricked the Bengals into thinking like other people wanted him to be their coach. Yeah, I, I, he hit him with the reverse psychology. And then the Bengals were like, man, maybe he is a really good coach. Maybe we'd better keep him. I'm, I'm just amazed. I was mad Although, when I saw it today. It, it, it really does alleviate some stress because I was really worried that, the, that he was going to be a name on the Bears' radar. And that, that, would have been another, that would have been another choice that I would have had to stop being a Bears fan. So who is it, Jeff Fisher? If Jeff Fisher's the Bears coach, you're out. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it. Understandable. Can't do it. I I just know it's not going to go good. It's going to be Jeff Fisher, Jim Caldwell, or... Jim Caldwell. You know who it might be? Mike Singletary. Wait, that's not real, right? The Moon Man. Wait, wait, hold on. Is that like real? Is that real? Mike Singletary. Wait, is that a rumor? No. (laughs) No. You legitimately just scared me. Samurai Mike. He stops him cold. Oh, I'm going to start watching hockey. All right. Oh, God. MVP. Well, about four weeks ago, I told you I thought Carson Wentz had it 
totally wrapped up. Well, then he got hurt. So I hemmed and hawed and, you know, looked and I went with a guy that I know who you went with. Just had a remarkable year. Todd Gurley is my MVP. So Gurley was on my ballot. He was the most talented position player I saw play all year. I mean, 1,305 rush yards, 788 receiving yards, 19 total touchdowns. Just every game was phenomenal. Like, you know, just a total turnaround in the Rams. You know, it, offense was great. And uh, I just thought he deserved it. I'm fine with that pick. I'd be fine with any of three. And we said this about a month ago. Only the third guy was Russell Wilson, but I don't think you could give it to a guy who didn't make the playoffs. Wilson was incredible this year. He was running for his life all season. He contributed a higher percentage of his team's yardage than basically anyone ever. Um, but, you know, if you don't make the playoffs, you can't, you can't really be considered. Um, Gurley, I'm fine with. Um, Tom Brady, who had a very solid statistical season, best record in the AFC. He had his marquee performance um, against Pittsburgh. He was the big favorite to win. I... I went with Carson Wentz based on a very strong 13 games, uh, 3,296 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, an 11 and two record and the best quarterback rating in the league. And I think it, in a weird way, his MVP case is almost strengthened based on how incompetent the Eagles have looked over the last two weeks. That I I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean they were they were basically the clear cut favorite in the NFC um, when he got hurt, and now I, mean, I would literally I would literally make them the biggest like looking at the six teams. I would have them my sixth choice to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, I agree. So I, I mean. It depends on what you're looking at. He put up good numbers. The the yardage is low for what an MVP would put up. Um, The touchdowns are fine. 33 was near the top of the league. He had the best quarterback rating in the league. They were 11-2. They were the best team in the league when he got hurt. And it's not like he missed eight games. He played over three-fourths of the season. I think he and had more touchdown passes on the year than Brady did, didn't he? He did. He did. Um, I just feel like he's the guy. For for 13, for 13 weeks, we, we were saying he was the guy. He was the MVP. And then he gets hurt, and his team stinks. And just because he missed those last three games, I'm supposed to change my mind. I don't know. I'm going to stick with him. He won't win. I, I, I would be surprised if it wasn't Brady. Um, but I would go with Wentz. I think Brady and Gurley are both very deserving. They both had incredible years. Um, 
the thing with Brady, it's kind of like with LeBron the last couple of years. He's the best player in the league. He could win the MVP every year, but you you find these other guys that have the the really good seasons, and you reward them for it. Um, in a big game, I still don't want anyone other than Tom Brady as my quarterback. But I don't know. I I, I went with Wentz, and I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, I mean, until he got hurt, I thought he was a lot for MVP. And if you look at it in the way of the difference in the Eagles without him, his case should have got stronger. He, I mean, so, his value is proven. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if they gave it to Wentz, I would have no trouble. Um, I, I just went, you know, to the fact that, you know, Gurley's just been remarkable. And uh, he, he's a total game-breaker. And, you know, he, he's one of them guys. Anytime he touches it, it could be a touchdown. So, like you said, Brady, Gurley, Wentz, I, I think it's definitely down to those three, and we'll see what happens. All right, well, we have four wild card games. Um, and before we get to the wild card games, we we talked early in the year about how the season was the season got off to a really weird start. Um, play was sloppy. There weren't a ton of great games early in the year. There was the the national anthem stuff that that kind of put a shadow on what was actually going on on the field, and you know that. that that's an important conversation to have, um, why there were protests and, and why, um, you know, the backlash to that and all that stuff. But all in all, um, end of the day, heading into the playoffs, I, I thought this was a really entertaining NFL season. Um, you know, there's – the secondary conversation about the future of football with um, all the CTE stuff. And, you know, I, I think I care about that more than other people. I, I Not only the player safety aspect, but I'm more interested in where the game of football is going in the next, you know, 25 years, what it's going to look like. But that that shouldn't that shouldn't cloud how good some of the young talent in the league has been this year particularly. I mean, we, we talked about Wentz and Kamara and Gurley and Kareem Hunt and all these really good young players and some good young head coaches and the extended primes of guys like Brady. It's made for a really interesting regular season. And heading into the playoffs, I'm I'm far more excited than I thought I would be when we did this first podcast week one. So, um, with that said, let's get to the wild card games. You know, also, too, you got to remember, look at all the big names that got hurt this year. They, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. How different How different would, the, would it look, you know, if you didn't lose guys like Watson and Watt and Merciless and Rodgers and Beckham 
and, and you know, just several guys. I mean, how different would the Vikings be if Bradford was their quarterback all year? What what would that what would they look like? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just so crazy of all the big name guys that that got hurt. I mean, um, you know, Elliot miss, missing games due to suspension. Uh you know, just tons of you know, the tons of, of big name guys that were hurt. You know. Yeah, and you know we head into the playoffs, and there, there's still a lot of reason to be excited about what we're gonna what we're gonna watch over the next month. Um, one game that I'm not all that excited about. How's that for a segue? Um, the nine and seven Tennessee Titans visiting. The ten and six AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I I think it's safe to say this is probably the least interesting game of the Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much excitement about this. Um, you know, and another thing, you know, before we make our picks, I remember like week two or three, we we had the discussion on the podcast. What team had a better shot of making the playoffs, Jacksonville or the Rams? They both ended up division winners. Mm-hmm. That's true. We, we and I remember going through their schedules and thinking that only one of them was probably going to make it, and it might come down to that. I think it might have been a week six meeting. It was early in the year between those two teams, and and saying you know who, yeah, Rams won. Um, but I think we, at that point, we were both a little higher on Houston and Tennessee than we ended up being uh, yeah. a month later. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about my preseason picks on the on the first podcast we did, and I was like, ooh, how stinky is that? Like, I mean, I think probably 90% of my teams didn't even make the playoffs. Both well, that's the thing, it, both, both my Super Bowl teams didn't make the playoffs. So. <laughs> Wait, who did you have? Seattle and Oakland. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. I guess I, I guess one of mine <laughs> didn't make it because I had Seattle and New England. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, that, I, that's got to be a the Giants. I had the Giants as a division winner. But that was done after I saw them play Week One. I knew they didn't have a prayer. Uh. <laughs> You know, I, I had oh, obviously Oakland. I think I had Houston as a division winner. Um, Green Bay as a division winner. So just just that, not, yeah, that not, not a it was it was a tough year. That's very true. I I I had New England. We both had Pittsburgh. Um, I had Tennessee as my AFC South division winner. I didn't have I didn't have the Chiefs, Bills, or Jaguars for the AFC. Um, no Panthers, no Saints, no Rams, no Eagles, no Vikings. I had the Falcons. I had one team in the NFC right making the playoffs. Yeah. Awful. Yep. Yeah. Horrible. Um, speaking of awful. Maybe awful is too strong of a word, but Marcus Mariota 
was one of the worst, least competent quarterbacks that I saw this year who he never questioned his job security. Yeah, he didn't really have a great year. Um, 13 touchdowns, 15 picks. I, I, I don't know, maybe that was just a whiff. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think Kansas City is – it's definitely their game to lose. I, I really can't see them losing this game at home. Uh, and uh, I think next week there will be uh, a rematch with New England. So, just for the record, Chiefs are favored by nine. I had Kansas City. Who's your pick? I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Okay. I, this might sound crazy. I think we might be underrating the Chiefs. Are you back on the bandwagon? No, no, no. I'm not on the bandwagon. I, I, I found where the bandwagon's located. I'm standing outside. We're tailgating. Okay, but you're not jumping on again yet. I'm not. I'm not on the bandwagon. But I just I mean, want to remember, say, you sprained an ankle jumping off. I did, and it's just recovered. Um, but I, over the last over the last months, I've been icing it, been doing some rehab, and all along I've watched them win their last four games. I thought back on on some of their goofy losses. They had three straight games against the the three New York teams, and all three of those were goofy losses. Their loss to Oakland on Thursday night was weird. You know, they're they're ten and six, but they had a plus seventy six point differential. They had wins over New England and Philadelphia. I, I don't know. It, you know, we we questioned Alex Smith's job security halfway through the year, but. Passed for 4,000 yards. He had 26 touchdowns, five picks. Um, and he's got a trio of really good skill position players. So, yeah, I don't know. Something something to keep an eye on. I, I don't think they'll go into New England and win. Um, but let's say that Buffalo upsets Jacksonville. If, I think, if, Antonio, I think... Brown isn't, if Antonio Brown isn't healthy... I think Kansas City would rather play New England than Pittsburgh. Even with with a banged-up Antonio Brown? They can't beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got their number. I think you're higher on Pittsburgh than me. You were last year, too. You you liked, you liked Pittsburgh last year in the AFC Championship game. I, I'm, I don't know. I think I think you're secretly standing on the Kansas City Chiefs bandwagon right now. And you don't no, I'm... I'm no, remember in Forrest Gump when Forrest was little Forrest was going to get on the bus and Mama said, "Don't be taking no rides from strangers." I, I just don't know the bus driver. I don't know what Alex Smith I'm going to get. I'm looking at Alex Smith and I'm looking at Andy Reid and they're asking me if I'm going to get on the bus or not, and I, I'm just saying, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get from you. You're just not sure. I'm standing there holding my apple and my Curious George book, and you're thinking. I'm thinking. It's okay. I'm afraid that I'm going to get on the bus and the kids are going to be mean and tell me that the seat's taken. And can't sit here. (laughs) 
second Forrest Gump reference. Back-to-back podcast, Forrest Gump reference. I love it. Yeah. All right. The second AFC wildcard game. The 9-7 and seven Buffalo Bills visiting the 10-6 and six Jacksonville Jaguars. Jags are favored by nine. What is the level of excitement like in Western New York right now? Absolutely crazy. It's literally like you would think this team has won the Super Bowl. Like the other night, it was zero degrees out, and the airport was mobbed waiting for the Bills to get back from Miami. Like mobbed. New Year's Eve night, mobbed. Like, I can't – I wonder what the collective blood alcohol level of the people in Buffalo, New York, was on New Year's Eve. Oh, like, like the, people going back. New Year's Eve with the Bills making the playoffs, it, there there couldn't have been a drunker city in the United States than Buffalo. The, the, there were people going back to the stadium, going through, breaking the tables, and uh, it was just, uh, like, I... I'm going to tell you right now, that stadium in Jacksonville, I guarantee you, will be almost 50-50 of Bills fans. Oh, for sure. Without a doubt, because I've already seen um, a few Facebook friends and Twitter followers, or I guess the people that I follow on Twitter, um, from Western New York who are plotting to get tickets and come down. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know what, though? We we riff on the Bills fans a lot. They're fantastic fans. Yeah, that's what makes sports as a whole so great. That you could be that invested in a team that, like, your year is made because they make the playoffs. Like, they are the best part about sports. And, you know, a part of me feels bad for ripping on them so much, and I think we only do that because we're from the area and neither of us are Bills fans, but they're absolutely fantastic, and I hope they win on on Sunday. Um, or do they play Saturday? I don't even know. They play Sunday at 1. Sunday at 1. I hope they win because I want to see – I just want the stakes to continue to be raised. Um, you, you want them to see? You want to see them get that third shot at the Patriots in the divisional round? Could <laughs> <laughs> uh, you imagine if the Bills beat the Patriots to go to the AFC Championship game? No, I can't. I, I, I literally, my brain can't process what would, what would happen in Buffalo. Oh my God. I got to tell you, I'm not sure if they will win Sunday, but I will tell you this. I will take them plus the nine points. As will I. I, You know, Shady McCoy is a game-time decision. That worries me. The Bills were it looks numbers. Like, it looks like he's going to play, though. All the reports but, going yeah, on yeah, he, here. I mean, he's he's pretty much locked into play, I think. He's going to, yeah. I mean, a game like this for that team, he's going to play. But how healthy he's going to be is is what the the key is. Um, Buffalo is number six in rushing and 31st in passing this year. Jacksonville's defense number one against the pass, but they're 21st against the run. That's where that's where you're going to beat Jacksonville. If you can run the ball effectively against them, I feel like um, 
that opens up everything else and it gives you a chance. Um, so if Shady could be productive, if he if he is 80% and, and he could play well, maybe they have a shot. It, you know, we have no idea what Blake Bortles is going to show up. Yeah, I mean, he might throw you a couple in the game. And if the Bills get to 16, that might be all the points they need. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I don't – I'm not guaranteeing the Bills win. But I, I definitely like him to cover this, cover the nine. You know, Bortles, from week seven to week fifteen, he he had over two thousand yards, eleven touchdowns, three interceptions. Jacksonville was seven and one in that stretch. The other eight games, though, ten touchdowns, ten picks. They were three and five. It, it really does kind of feel like a toss up. What Bortles you're going to get? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I, I don't know what to expect. I, I don't think it will be a pretty game. Um, I don't know how many points either team is capable of putting on the board against one another. Um, I'm nine. Gonna tell you this, if, if you if you're into like strictly offensive football, just wait and tune into the four o'clock game that day for the Rams Falcons. <laughs> Stay, stay, or that, that tonight before. That, but even, even still, Panthers Saints will be Saints. far prettier. Yeah, yeah. This game is going to be a bloodier nose type of game. So just wait till the four o'clock window if you're waiting for a, an offensive explosion because it's not going to happen in this one. One, I am taking the Bills, but one thing that worried me, aside from McCoy being hurt. Pro football reference has this thing, it's expected win. So it basically, it looks at every game, it looks at your point differential, it looks at your quality of opponent. And it's basically like how many wins given the season you had should you have had. So Jacksonville, they were 10-6, and six, but their expected wins were 11.8. So they, they basically, they underperformed what they Based on all the statistics and and point differential, they underperformed what they should have been. So Buffalo, Buffalo's nine and seven. Their expected wins were six point four. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I I never thought Buffalo would win six games. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. But just that the big difference and their expected wins, like just the, the overall quality of the two teams, it makes me think, oh, maybe Jacksonville should be favored by nine. Maybe we're maybe we're overlooking how bad Tyrod Taylor could be and what this Jags defense could do. Um, so, I don't know, but for the hell of it, for the Bills fans, for, for my near hometown, I'll go with Buffalo. I mean, got to take the Bills plus the nine. Yep. All right. The 11-5 and five Carolina Panthers visiting the 11-5 and five New Orleans Saints. The Saints are favored by six and a half. New Orleans won both meetings this year, 20, a 21-point victory in Carolina week three, and then they won by 10 in New Orleans week 13. 
I, uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, but just watching the two earlier games, it, it kind of seems like they got Carolina's number. Um, I, you know, Drew Brees at home. You know, Kamara and Ingram. I, you know, Cam Newton's really good. I mean, I'm not a real big fan, but he's phenomenal. He just really doesn't have a lot of weapons. I, I think New Orleans is going to be able to shut him down and uh, get, get the home win. You know, it's tough to beat a team three times in a season. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't know where to go with this one. The, the Saints' offense had their way um, in both meetings. Breeze was really good. He had he was forty-seven for sixty-three in the two games. Four hundred and eighty-nine yards, four TDs, no picks. Um, the one thing that stood out to me: the Saints had the time of possession advantage in both games. Um, and the Panthers were third in the NFL in time of possession this year. Um, I think they they need to be able to run the ball effectively. Um, I think that they need to use Cam more as a runner than they might have all this year. It kind of felt like more than before, more than – in the past, they were kind of saving him for big spots um, to use his legs. I think that we'll probably see him more as a runner this in this game than we have this year, just to just to keep that Saints offense off the field. Um, I think it's close, and six and a half seemed like a little too much, so I went with the Panthers. Going with the Panthers. I don't I, – I, if I had to pick who I thought was going to win the game, I'd pick the Saints. But, you know, I don't know if the Saints are that much better where they're going to beat Carolina by double digits three times in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a tough game. All right, finally, probably the marquee game of Wild Card Weekend. The ten and six Atlanta Falcons visiting the eleven and five Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by six and a half points. I imagine we are thinking alike on this one. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I got to go with the Rams. I'm just, I don't know. The Falcons haven't really done a whole lot to impress me this year. Their offense just, I don't know. Really hasn't busted out. I guess no, they did enough to make the playoffs. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I, I just think Golf and Gurley are, are, you know, Watkins and Woods. They got a lot of weapons. Um, I think their defense is going to put a lot of pressure on Matt Ryan, and uh, the Rams are going to come up with a big playoff win on Saturday night. Yeah, the the Falcons. <laughs> They were 33 points per game last year. They're 12 points per game fewer um, this year. And meanwhile, the the Rams are averaging 30 per game. That was best in the NFL. I think the Falcons might be able to move the ball on the Rams. I, I could see this being a 38-28 kind of game. Um, but with that said, I, I also could see the Rams just 
building a lead early and, you know, Falcons get behind. Matt Ryan's been shaky from time to time this year. He might, you know, if he gets that interior pressure from Aaron Donald coming at him, he might make a couple bad throws. And it could be over quick. Um, so I'm with you. I, I like I like the Rams minus this half. This game, to me, has a lot of the same feel as the Seahawks-Falcons game did to me last year, where it just looked like the Seahawks were kind of limping in and the Falcons were kind of hitting their stride and the Falcons just bum-rushed them. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of got that feel. You know, I, I just kind of feel like the Falcons are, I don't know, the they just really haven't impressed me, and I, I just think the Rams might hit them with a quick spurt early. And like like you said, that that could be a real, real. I agree with you. Falcons. But what's funny is I think the Rams would have loved to see Seattle in this game instead of Atlanta. I mean, Seattle's so banged up defensively, and the Rams beat them by like a million points a few weeks ago in Seattle. And who's the guy, Who who's the game breaker for Seattle that you're worried about? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be very excited to go up against Julio Jones in a playoff game because we, oh. we know that that dude could just turn it on, and he, he just might have a 250-yard game in him, and and then you just have to match points. It's in play. I don't think it's likely, but there there's a scenario where this could be a tricky out for, for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tougher matchup. So one game different this week. I went Carolina, you went New Orleans. Are there any five-star specials that, that you're making, or are you holding off? Uh, I'm holding off. I'm holding you know we're off. three for we're three for three right now. Yes. You had the you had the Chargers over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You had Clemson over Miami in the ACC championship. Um, on our Week 14 podcast, you decided not to make a pick, but my five star special was that I was going to get sick before Christmas. That happened. So we're three for three. That's good. Yeah, we got to keep a perfect record. Anything else to add before we go? Do we no, want to make no. Do we want to make full playoff picks, or do we want to just take this one week at a time? We could just make this one week at a time. Because I think that's better. We got to see what's going on here. I got to figure yeah. out injuries and stuff like that. Matchups sounds good to me. All right, Polly. Well, it's been fun back-to-back podcast. That was good. We'll uh, we'll be back next week to break down the wild card games. Um, go over the divisional round. Yeah, talk about the national championship game and go over the the divisional round matchups. So until then, and it will be your birthday. You'll have had a birthday the next time we talk. That's exciting. Yeah, I'll be a man. I'll be 40. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I get to post that video on your wall on your birthday. Yes, you do. Oh, man. I hope nobody else does it. 
I'm midnight. Be ready. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, it's been fun. Have Take fun. care. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, bud. Have a good night. All right, you too. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.